1: Right now, our members, uh, they've uh, they've been quite uh, shocked and, and concerned by some of the violent acts over the last week. Now
2: on the News Hour, increased calls for transit safety after a series of stabbings. People have a right to feel safe on our transit system. The response from the province, plus police on the hunt for a man who tore through a Mission neighborhood in a stolen truck, terrifying residents. We have the details on the suspect and. It's just so special. It's really one of those lifetime bucket list items. The Vancouver Sun Run returns for the second year after a pandemic hiatus. Honestly,
3: some of my best races were in the rain.
2: And the wet weather didn't stop it from seeing a surging number of participants.
4: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening, thanks for joining us. The chorus of calls pleading for more police resources on the public transit system keeps on growing. As Krista Dow reports, this weekend the union representing SkyTrain workers joined the mayor of Surrey in asking for those increased measures following three stabbings on Surrey Transit in just two weeks.
5: It has been a violent and deadly April on Metro Vancouver Transit. In the past 15 days alone, there have been three stabbings in Surrey, on buses and on Skytrains.
1: I'm not as comfortable as I used to be. Always looking over your shoulder. and I'd say a little less safe.
5: On Saturday, a man in his 20s was taken to hospital in serious condition after being stabbed on a Skytrain. On Tuesday, 17-year-old Ethan Bestflug was on his way home when he was fatally stabbed. And on April 1st, a man's throat was slashed on board a bus in Surrey. The union representing about 1,000 Skytrain workers calls the violence at a crisis level and is calling for more uniforms on Skytrains.
1: Our frontline workers are Skytrain attendants. They, they respond to a lot of these incidents, either whether it's the aftermath or, or as, as it's being reported. And um, you know, they need more tools in, in, their, in their toolkit to deal with these issues. But yeah, they're all definitely concerned and
5: rattled. Rebello's concerns among the many, including Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke, who has questions about how resources are deployed, with some saying more transit officers are needed.
6: Things like cameras on buses, how detailed they are, how much they get to integrate the work they're doing with with the cameras. I'll be talking uh, with the premier and and the solicitor general and, and the minister of mental health and addictions uh, to see if there's if there's a way we can better resource. Uh, uh, transit police.
7: We need the riders to feel safe. We need our members to feel safe and that means they need to put the resources so that they can get those police on the buses.
5: Assaults on transit not isolated to just Surrey with stabbings in New Westminster and Coquitlam too, both happening in the past week. And with Metro Vancouver's complex transit network there is deep worry the violence will continue. Krista Dow, Global News.
2: And the issue of public safety on transit expected to be a hot topic at the legislature tomorrow. Here's Keith Baldry with more on that. Keith, what do we know?
8: Yeah, the House took a a break last week, but get get back at it, question period tomorrow. You can be sure public safety is going to be first and foremost one of the topics raised there probably all week. I've never seen uh, public safety and random street crime be a sustained political issue for this time. This goes right back to last fall. Uh, The guy who's going to be on the hot seat, Solicitor General Mike Farnworth, we caught up with him this weekend. He supports the idea of making more police more visible on public transit. Here's the minister.
1: And I think one of the things that uh, we want to make sure is that there is high visibility, uh, that uh,
4: people know the, uh, that the police are there, that they know how to contact them. Uh, and that's why working with the transit police, the police agencies uh, in the lower mainland on our transit system to identify what additional steps are required. Are there additional resources to do just that? Because I think people have a right to feel safe on our transit system. They have a right to feel safe on our streets. And a critical component on that is obviously is police visibility.
8: So when Minister Farmer faces questions tomorrow, beginning tomorrow from the official opposition, they won't be coming from B.C. Liberals, they'll be coming from the new party, the B.C. United Party. B.C. Liberals are officially gone. B.C. United makes their debut in the legislature tomorrow.
2: Thanks so much, Keith. A lot of people will be watching that issue closely tomorrow. Thanks so much. That's our Keith Baldry in Victoria. RCMP are on the hunt for a potentially dangerous suspect who evaded police after a stolen vehicle joyride in Mission Saturday night. The emergency response team was called out to locate Jaden Dewitt but he remains at large. Police allege the 24-year-old caused a disturbance at a Hatsik area pub doing burnouts in the parking lot in a white pickup truck. Dewitt is then accused of driving through Griner Park and smashing through a fence. The stolen truck was found abandoned near Centennial Park. RCMP say Dewitt fled to 11th Avenue and Dunsmuir Street, but an hours-long search failed to locate him. Police add Dewitt, who is the subject of investigations in other lower mainland communities in recent days, may have changed his appearance. A coroner's inquest is set to get underway tomorrow, looking into the death of a man at the hands of police in Burnaby nearly eight years ago. 33-year-old Miles Gray died from numerous injuries sustained during a violent arrest. Initial reports indicated six Vancouver police officers were treated in hospital. The incident began when the Sechelt man got into a dispute with a woman near the Burnaby-Vancouver border and ended in a Burnaby backyard. Among those expected to testify are Gray's family members, police and the mother and son who had initially interacted with Gray in August of 2015 none of the officers were ever charged. This weekend, police and emergency response teams descended on a home in West Ven- Kelowna in what ended up to be a lengthy standoff. Taya Fast has more on what led officers to arrest a man hours later.
6: It was an intense scene here in West Kelowna yesterday as police swarmed a home on Nancy Way around noon.
2: Oh no, not here, but I knew, I always wondered what that
6: house was about. Nothing's ever happened like this before. Now this area looks a lot different than it did yesterday as the incident has since been cleared and police say a man with a violent history was safely taken into custody several hours after the standoff began. must say they did everything um, in a very, very good way, you know, protecting themselves and, you know, whatever who was in the building. In a short statement from RCMP, police say the incident began after Kelowna officers saw a man with several outstanding warrants on the property. The man allegedly wasn't cooperating with police and following a risk assessment, the emergency response team was deployed. You can't just move in and do stuff like that and the police just handled it just wonderfully. Neighbors say fire and ambulance crews attended, as well as did several other police resources, including a drone operator. Tactical units, uh, the dog team, there was other RCMP officers surrounding the building. Police have not named the suspect, and it's not clear if he remains in custody. Taya Global News, West Kelowna.
2: The RCMP recently won a court application to further detain a key piece of evidence in a fatal 2018 hit and run near Terrace. Kristen Robinson has more on the BC Supreme Court judgment and the new clues it reveals about the suspects and the ongoing investigation.
9: It's been nearly four and a half years since 30 year old Cameron Kerr was struck and killed by a hit and run driver as he walked home along Highway 16, four kilometres west of Terrace.
1: To leave Cameron there suffering, yeah, that's hard to understand how somebody could live with themselves after that and how those around them could live with with them continuing on as if nothing happened.
9: Days later, RCMP seized the suspected hit-and-run vehicle, a Ford F-350 with a broken mirror on Haida Gwaii, and identified a lower mainland driver as the suspect. Last month, RCMP successfully fought to detain the right-side mirror from that person of interest's truck for another year, arguing the mirror is believed to have been directly involved in the collision and was the part of the vehicle that struck and killed the victim. The police are working towards charges, but are awaiting the analysis of a recently discovered biological sample of blood from the mirror collision debris believed to be from the F-350.
2: They went before the judge, the Supreme Court judge, and satisfied him that the investigation was complex and a further detention was required.
9: Lawyer Ravi Hira says these court applications are common unless charges are laid immediately. In this case, the person of interest opposed the further detention of what RCMP consider critical evidence. The BC Supreme Court ruling reveals the person of interest was part of a group of seven hunters traveling together in two vehicles. RCMP have video evidence showing a Ford F 350 towing a boat westbound through Terrace in the early hours of November 18, 2018, with an intact passenger side mirror. CCTV in Prince Rupert from after 8 a.m. that same day showed the F 350 with the side mirror broken off.
1: To continue to not cooperate, to, to never actually come back and atone for that. That initial mistake is is the really difficult thing to understand for me.
9: Kerr's family still hoping the suspect and those around him will do the right thing.
1: With no closure, no justice for my brother, just imagine what that would be like for you.
9: Kristen Robinson, Global News.
2: One person was killed in a fiery crash in Langley early this morning. RCMP say a car slammed into the pedestrian overpass on 200th Street Second 22nd Avenue just after 3 30 a.m. The vehicle caught fire and the lone occupant died at the scene. No word yet on a possible cause of the crash, but police say speed was a contributing factor. Southbound lanes on 200th in the area were closed to traffic for most of the morning as officers carried out their investigation. One person has died this weekend after being buried in an avalanche in the Thunderwater Lake riding area that's north of Panorama. Avalanche Canada says three people were snowmobiling yesterday above Whirlpool Lake when two of the riders were involved in a slide that was reportedly triggered near a rocky feature on a slope. One rider managed to ride off to the side, but the other was caught and buried at a depth of around two meters. After being pulled out of the snow, the other members of the party performed CPR. Columbia Valley Search and Rescue airlifted the rider to BC Ambulance Service in Invermere, but they did not survive. Avalanche Canada says several serious avalanche accidents have been reported over the last few days as dangerous conditions persist. Across Western Canada, new details are emerging about a stabbing early Saturday morning in Maple Ridge that sent three people to hospital, one of them in critical condition. RCMP say the violent incident stems from a targeted home invasion. It happened around, around 1:30 a.m. yesterday in the 12,000 block of Garden Road. Police remain on scene investigating and will continue to remain in the area for at least the next few days. Investigators say there's currently no risk to the public. And coming up, a beloved Vancouver school program being forced to move. I was really shocked uh, about this. Uh, this
5: has been a long-standing program.
2: The small and unique learning program under threat of being swallowed up by a bigger school. What parents are doing to stop it. And what we're learning tonight about a fire that broke out at a popular Vancouver Chinese restaurant. That's after the break.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it...
2: Students and parents are upset over plans to relocate their Vancouver mini school. As Grace Key reports, it's feared the loss of ideal mini will be a major setback for kids who have trouble functioning within the mainstream school system.
10: Students at Ideal Mini School in Vancouver are getting an important lesson in civic engagement. On Tuesday, they learned they'll be relocated to the main Churchill Secondary Campus in the fall.
3: I went from a small school to an even smaller school, and I think that's helped really bring up my confidence to be able to do so many different things.
2: They say that mental health and student choice is our, their top priority, and yet this dramatic change is going to be, and the stress related to it, has been very... Uh, have had a big negative impact on our mental health.
9: When I applied for Ideal, people kept asking me if I was going to stay at Ideal for all the five years. And all the times I said yes, but the real question is, is VSB?
10: The plan is to move Laurier Elementary students to the neighboring Ideal building.
9: 37
10: Laurier catchment students are at other schools. 20 kindergarten applicants would have been waitlisted. VSB trustee Susie Moss says Laurier has an annex that is being leased out to a Francophone school.
5: But wouldn't there be a great solution if our, the lease is coming up at the end of June, if we reopen the annex and started um, putting more students back into Laurier annex and kept ideal where it is and do a review look at the educational merit and talk to the community, talk to the students and the parents.
10: The relocation does not require board approval. A statement from VSB reads in part, the district will collaborate with administrators to locate the program within the Churchill Building in a way that maintains the cohesiveness of the learning community. Meetings will be coordinated in the coming weeks with families.
11: There was no consultation from the VSB before they announced this move. There is no plan for how this program will continue to run at the big school.
10: With about 125 students, Ideal is the only mini-school in the VSB that's housed in its own building.
11: It's not just a
9: school, it's almost like a family. It's a tight-knit community where we all trust each other. An
10: emergency PAC meeting is being held on Monday. Grace Key, Global News.
2: Vancouver firefighters say the cause of a fire at a popular Main Street restaurant is still under investigation. Flames erupted at the rear of the Sun Siwa Seafood restaurant just after 630 last night. Dozens of patrons and staff were forced out during the height of the dinner rush. Vancouver Fire and Rescue Services says the fire broke out on a second floor balcony at the back in an area the restaurant uses as a storage space. Crews spent an hour and a half fighting the fire and were able to contain it to the exterior of the building. No one was hurt. Coming up next, ferry passengers fearing
1: for their safety. We felt the boat lose power and slowly start to lose speed and then sirens went off and the captain said, brace for impact. What
2: caused the Washington State Ferry to run aground, leaving hundreds stranded? Plus,
6: I was so shocked at how expensive it is to fly inside Canada.
2: High inflation is causing some summer travelers to seek out savings instead of sunny destinations. All of that in just a couple of minutes. Stick around. A Ukrainian newcomer who was stabbed at a bus stop in Edmonton last week continues to recover as the community rallies around his family. Friends and family shared an update saying Ivan Pilipchuk was moved into intensive care on Saturday. He's still having trouble breathing, but was finally able to get some sleep. Pilipchuk was stabbed on Thursday morning while waiting at a transit stop. He had part of his lung removed, Pilipchuk, his wife and daughter, had only been in Canada for less than two weeks when the attack happened. Meantime, a GoFundMe is set up for the Ukrainian newcomer that it has now surpassed $100,000. Police say they are still looking for a suspect. The federal government is reinstating funding to Hockey Canada with conditions. Ottawa froze funding to the group last year after outrage over how the organization settles sexual assault claims. Hockey Canada's CEO and board stepped aside in a letter to its new chair. Sports Minister Pascal saint onge says the money isn't a blank check and that Hockey Canada will have to implement recommendations of a review and commit to more frequent reporting to the federal government. Canadians say high interest rates and persistent inflation marred taking a toll on their summer getaway plans. That's according to Ipsos polling exclusively for Global News. And Gaviola has more.
7: Access to Toronto. Last summer was all about revenge travel, booked with abandoned to make up for an extended period when many were stuck at home. This year, it's about dollars and cents and staycations. Canadians are going to be looking for uh, cheaper alternatives. Six in ten Canadians are scaling back their summer vacation plans, according to Ipsos polling exclusively for Global News. Almost all blaming inflation and economic uncertainty. A quarter say there's no way a summer trip could even be affordable, and only 13% plan to spend more this year.
5: Gen Z and millennials, uh, most,
1: uh, say, preserving of their vacation, regardless of uh, what it's going to cost and what the impacts
2: of inflation are going to be. Older people taking a little bit more of a cautious approach.
6: I was so shocked at how expensive it is to fly inside Canada, even if it's just to Newfoundland from Toronto. I was insane.
2: If Ottawa's so expensive, I might just go to like Montreal
1: or go to Niagara. We are thinking about it, like trying to put something in place, but cost is a big issue for sure, Um, so we don't have anything set in stone yet.
7: Travel expert Omar Kaiwan suggests using rewards points towards travel.
1: It's always a good idea to see how much you have in terms of points and use them as quickly as you possibly can because these points can change at any point, whether it's the value of the points and how much you can
7: redeem. Hotel prices have spiked, so he suggests alternatives like Airbnb and VRBO, and they can trim your food budget too.
1: In most of these accommodation alternatives, you can get a full functioning uh, kitchen, which means that you can perhaps save on some of your meal costs as well.
7: His final tip, research whether medical and travel insurance may save you time and money.
1: What we're also seeing with a lot of airlines and flight cancellations, especially some of these sort of cheaper airlines that are coming about, they're having some financial issues and flights are being delayed and shortage of staff.
7: Anne Gaviola, Global News, Toronto.
1: A ferry sailing in
2: the waters off Washington State turned into an ordeal for hundreds of passengers this weekend when it suddenly ran aground. The vessel Walla Walla ran into trouble in Rich Passage at about 4.30 yesterday afternoon as it was heading to Seattle from Bremerton. Washington State Ferry says early indications are the vessel experienced a generator failure. 596 passengers and 15 crew members were on board. Passengers were offloaded onto other smaller vessels last night before the stricken ship could be refloated during high tide overnight.
4: Announced that we were to abandon ship. Hundreds of passengers aboard the Walla Walla Ferry left stranded for hours.
1: So basically we felt the boat lose power and slowly start to lose speed, and then sirens went off, and the captain said, brace for impact, and in about 30 seconds, we crashed into Bainbridge Island.
4: Creating this chaotic scene in the sound, I guess so. which caught the attention of everyone on land. It was like,
1: okay, well, you don't see that every day. There's a lot of people on. Here's the Coast Guard boat outside.
4: The Coast Guard, along with other emergency crews, worked diligently to get people off safely, and while passengers were able to get back on land.
1: I don't think I'm going to get my truck off this boat today. So, but just frustrating and uncomfortable.
4: But through this major headache for hundreds on board,
1: well, we're all safe. Um, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think this is too big of a, of a, of a life threatening emergency. I think we're all going to be fine, but uh, it's not any
4: fun. Everyone expected to be okay. My understanding that's one of the
1: biggest theories they have. I'm beyond glad that there's no injuries on that.
2: After the break, a soggy Sunday wasn't enough to stop the annual Vancouver Sun Run. This is Vancouver racing at its best. I think seeing the whole
1: running community come out.
2: A surge in participants this year with the number of runners ramping up to nearly pre-pandemic levels. Meet this year's winners up next. B.C. Search and Rescue volunteers were up at Myra Canyon Adventure Park all weekend for three days of some very scary but critical rope rescue training. As Victoria Familla reports, the yearly training program gives volunteers a hands-on feel for what exactly goes into a real rope rescue.
11: One meter to subject. It's training day, but not one for the faint of heart. More than 70 search and rescue volunteers from all across the province took a trip to the central Okanagan for a weekend of rope rescue training.
1: Today we're really focused on the scenario side of things where uh, teams are going over the edge and rescuing either live subjects or uh, dummies and bringing them back up over the
11: edge. The yearly training is a major part of search and rescue as terrain in BC is nothing if not unpredictable. With an unlimited amount of cliffs, canyons and steep embankments, volunteers need their skills to be perfect.
1: It's really technical discipline and requires a lot of hands-on practice to keep your skill level up. So when we get a call at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're showing up on site and you know what to do.
11: Over the last three days, volunteers have been training at Myra Canyon Adventure Park, an area perfect for this kind of practice.
1: The cliffs we're on um, are roughly around two to 300 feet and we're not going the full way down, we're going you know, 50 to 100 feet type thing. Um, so basically the terrain that we have here, we have everything from slope access to the high angle vertical access.
11: According to search teams, the setup and risk assessment of a rope rescue could take around 20 minutes and depending on the location of the subject and the terrain, anyone in need of a rescue could be waiting hours for help.
4: We have a team leader that assesses, uh, then we have our team members and our control positions and then it could be half an hour or it could be eight hours. If someone is at the bottom of this cliff here to my right, uh, that would be a multiple lower and lots of ropes and it could take a significant amount of time.
11: In the central Okanagan, rope rescues happen just two or three times a year. But across the province, they happen more frequently, which is why one volunteer is looking to build on his rope rescue training.
1: In Hope, we have really challenging terrain. Uh, So yeah, oftentimes we need ropes or a swift water team, and uh, I like to do it all.
11: This was the first time Central Okanagan Search and Rescue hosted the event, and they have plans to do it again in the future. Victoria Famia, Global News, Kelowna.
2: Alright, a cold and wet Sunday for the hundreds of people who took part in the Vancouver Sunrun today. Meteorologist Yvonne Shell joins us now for a look <laughs> at the forecast. And we know it's not your fault, but everyone seems to want to blame the meteorologist for the soggy sun run, hey?
8: Kamal, I'm just the messenger. That's it. I'm (laughs) just the messenger, right? Yeah, rain or shine, though. uh, Lots of people got out today, so that was great. Uh, We are actually seeing a bit of a break right now, but we're still seeing some instability, and we have the potential for some wet flurries for tomorrow morning, and I'll have that coming up in just a moment. We're currently sitting at 9. We've got a mainly cloudy sky. The wind southwesterly closer to 19 kilometers per hour. There's that wave of moisture. It was heavy through the afternoon. We're seeing a bit of a break now just towards the west end, though. It's still Extending in towards the Fraser Valley and a few spots across the island, but we'll still hang on to a few showers as we get in through overnight and in towards tomorrow morning. In behind it, still some instability, and that is going to pick up and push in towards the interior. Wanted to point out tonight's forecast for overnight lows that it'll be cold enough that the potential for higher elevations to see some wet flurries with the precipitation that's moving in. A few spots in towards the interior still hovering in closer to the freezing mark and the northeastern corners of the province for the peace. So overnight tonight, And in towards tomorrow morning, it's higher elevations that we could see a few wet flurries. We'll see a chance for some showers as we get in through the afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon, the winds will pick up once again, gusts closer to 70 or 50 kilometres per hour. If you're travelling along the mountain passes, we still do have that snowfall, four and up to five centimetres, and then we'll start to see some breaks, even the Kootenai Pass for tomorrow underneath a mix of sun and cloud. This is a look ahead. This is for Monday night into Tuesday, Fort Nelson, especially southern areas, including Highway 97. We are looking at a significant amount of snow between 10 and up to 20 centimetres and Munchal Lake also with a special weather statement where we could see up to 30 centimetres so stay tuned. That'll start to push in for tomorrow night and continue in towards our Tuesday. Coastal areas tomorrow along the northern half of the province up to 9. Central interior some breaks for the afternoon. A brief break between systems for the southern interior. Whistler with a few wet flurries this evening if you're travelling along the sea to sky. Brandywine is where we could see that accumulating snowfall with up to 4 centimetres. Victoria 10 is the high. Lower mainland it's still going to Still be very windy for tomorrow. Gusts of up to 50 kilometers per hour. Drying out for Tuesday night. Some breaks in there for Wednesday, Thursday. Some sunshine in the mix and highs between 11 and 12. Kamal.
2: Okay. Thanks so much, Yvonne. Looking forward to that. And as Yvonne mentioned, a soggy but jubilant 39th annual Vancouver Sun Run in the downtown core this morning. <laughs> And there it is, more than 35,000 people registered for this year's 10K and 2.5K mini runs, which is close to pre-pandemic numbers. Locals all crossed the finish line, first in the elite categories. Leo Samorelli of Vancouver won the wheelchair division in a time of 35 minutes and 18 seconds. Vancouver's John Gay beat his closest competitor by, competitor by three seconds in a time of 29 minutes and 40 seconds. Wow. And Vancouver's Leslie Sexton defended her title in the women's division with a time of 32 minutes and 22 seconds.
3: So honestly some of my best races were in the rain, like um, uh, for first half back in February it was maybe not raining as hard as this but like similar conditions and I ran well there so I, I just took it as a strength and uh, figured it would help me today, yeah.
2: This is Vancouver racing at its best. I think seeing the whole running community come out in
1: the rain, we're back up to mid 30,000, so to come out at the top of that heap is pretty special. The Sunrun's been a race that... I've loved for a lot of years. I haven't been able to run it in nine.
2: So to come back here and uh, break the tape is just so special. It's really one of those
1: lifetime bucket list items. So, so proud to have done it. So happy to have had great people pushing me right to the finish line. Uh, Big kudos to Justin Kent and Thomas Broach, the other two guys on the
6: podium. They looked awesome out there. And it was anybody's race, right up until the last couple hundred meters. And that's so special.
2: There were also many people on the sidelines cheering on their loved ones and even a few in costumes. And these events, of course, are only successful because of the many volunteers, including those handing out some much-needed water mid-course.
9: I'm feeling great. I'm loving this event. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful um, experience of humans coming together to support each other. And yeah, it's, a, it's about the human experience, I think. <laughs>
4: Only in Vancouver do they run a marathon with an umbrella or a 10K uh, with no, an umbrella. They, they look funny. wet, but
2: they look like they're yeah. having fun. All right, uh, plenty to talk about in sports today.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, World Women's uh, Hockey Championship just wrapped up moments ago in Brampton. Guess who was in the final? Canada and the USA for the 21st time in 22 years. Obviously the dominant teams. It's always a great rivalry, another fantastic game. So uh, we will have highlights of that coming up. And uh, what else we have look back at the tennis? Canada did advance in the uh, Billie Jean King Cup last night. So if you missed it, we've got uh, the deciding doubles in that coming up All as well. right,
2: lots to look forward to. Thanks so much, Barry. And coming up, the building blocks of the Sikh community in BC.
3: This is the first godwara uh, outside of India built in Kitsilano in 1908.
2: How one Sikh woman's search for her own family history helped uncover details about some of the first Sikhs to ever immigrate to Canada. That's up next.
4: This is B.C. is brought to you by Johnston Meyer Insurance Agency's group. 50 years of trust in your community.
2: This fall, the inaugural Sick Lens Film Festival will launch in Vancouver, highlighting sick-centric stories in Canada. And that's when Karen DeSange will debut her documentary, which details the long and rich history of South Asian uh, Asians rather and Sikhs who helped build B.C. Here's Jay Durant with tonight's This is B.C.
3: So it all started with me writing my own family stories, right, as a personal journey.
8: Karen DeSange's research into her
4: family's history turned into a much bigger project, tracing the origins of the first six in Canada.
3: The very first Sikhs to arrive were actually British soldiers. I went back to Punjab and talked about this incredible promised land called BC and the jobs that lay there. So they were able to come here and fill labor-intensive jobs in the railways, in the forestry industry, and and in agriculture.
8: Her book has been
4: turned into a documentary due for release later this year in Canada. And it chronicles what life was like in the early days.
3: This is the first godwara uh, outside of India built in Kitsilano in 1908. But it also became a real hub to be able to get information from back home. Uh, You know, of course, at that time, there was no internet. So they would would find out about other families that were coming. And the Gursig Temple still stands today in Abbotsford. It's a national heritage site where people can go visit and and learn all about this rich history.
4: Dos was invited by the government of Canada to India for the film's premiere. Her work has become a teaching tool used in BC classrooms, full of untold stories, the success and the challenges, and the hidden history of so many families who helped build this country
3: these are not just stories for the Sikh community these are canadian stories these stories reflect the the formation of canada itself
4: jay durant global news
2: and if you know someone who has a bc great story to tell email your ideas to this is bc at globalnews.ca coming up later in the show paying tribute to a broadcast icon they say you never should meet your heroes because you'll always be disappointed and red never disappointed he was always the nicest man a celebration of life held for broadcast icon red robinson today we'll take you there after the break
4: get ready to move your body in may BC Cancer Foundation's Workout to Conquer Cancer challenges British Columbians to move every day in May while raising vital funds in support of British Columbians facing cancer. Register as an individual or team at workouttoconquercancer.ca. This November, see Depeche Mode coming to Rogers Arena. See the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees as they embark on their colossal 75-date Momentum Mori tour ahead of their forthcoming album. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman. Power BC is brought to you by Return It Express. Got empty drink containers? Don't trash them. Make sure to hold on to them until you can return it for recycling.
2: All right, Barry DeLay joins us now for a look at sports. And the NHL playoff action begins tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but plenty of on-ice action for women's hockey.
4: Yeah, the women's uh, final, Canada-USA. When are the fiercest rivalries in sports, men or women? they it's, it's never fails to disappoint. So much, Always good. All right. Thanks, Kamal for the 21st time in the 22 year history of the event. It was Canada versus USA for the Women's World Hockey Championship. Canada has won 12 gold. The USA nine Canada going for lucky 13 on home ice in Brampton, Ontario. During the round robin, they played an epic game won by Canada 4 three in a dramatic shootout. And we were expecting more of the same tonight from these bitter rivals. Canada's fans all pumped up such a Great atmosphere in Brampton crowd was chanting all night long and they get to cheer quickly Canada early five on three it's the captain Marie Philippe Poulain fires home the one-timer Philippe Poulin made it to one nothing Canada now, apparently there's no body checking in women's hockey but when it's Canada USA they kind of bend the rules a little bit fierce intensity in this game late first Americans get a break two on one Abby Murphy Nice pull and drag and finishes for her fifth of the tournament, so it's 1-1 one, one after one. Tight game, just like we expected. Second period, Canada goes back on top. Brianne Jenner loads up from the high slot. 2-1 Canada. Now, the Americans did tie it, but Canada got it right back. And once again, it's Jenner. She scored two goals in the gold medal winning game last year against the Americans. Two more again today. Nifty little backhand redirect. But the Americans even the score six minutes into the third. Caroline Harvey with the wrister, it's 3-3. And then Canada got into penalty trouble under five minutes to go. It was a long five on three for the U.S. And it's their captain, Hillary Knight, who drills the slapper from the slot. She would score another for her hat trick goal. 6-3 is the final. The U.S.A. wins gold and Canada. Disappointed with silver, but a great effort there in Brampton. The Abbotsford Canucks will begin their best of three first round playoff series Wednesday night against the Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, game two Friday and if necessary, game three Sunday, all games in Abbotsford. Second year defenseman Alex Cannock uh, Cannock Liepert hopes to be in the lineup but nothing is guaranteed. The former Vancouver Giants captain has always had to literally fight for ice time during his brief pro career.
8: We go, Kanek-Liepert can throw him.
4: Some hockey players bring fans out of their seats with great goals. Alex Canuck liepert gets them on their feet with performances like this, old-school Rock'em Sock'em hockey that would have ended up on a Don Cherry VHS collection back in the day. It's not his only skill, but it does help him keep his job, now in his second year with the Abbotsford Canucks. Even though he's mid-sized at 6'195, Canuck Leepert takes on on all comers. He was born in Thailand and actually has studied Muay Thai on trips back to his homeland.
8: What a
1: fight! It's like uh, just Thai kickboxing. It's just I think learning how to punch is the biggest thing and not wasting energy trying to swing all over the place and stuff like that um, and yeah just having a good base kind of stuff like that.
4: Canuck Liepert comes across pretty chill, but taking on the heavyweights takes a lot of courage. The fight may last less than a minute, the after-effects much longer.
1: It took a while to come down for sure, probably staring at my roof until 3 a.m. in the morning, but um, no, I kind of blacked out for I mean, the rest of the game. After the game, it's just kind of too much adrenaline running through your, uh, your body and stuff, but yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, it takes... It takes a lot of courage to go out there and do that for your teammates, and you know we appreciate it. And I know, I know the fans, fans liked it last night too, and they've liked it before. So it's, uh, you know, what, you know what he does for our group is special.
4: Kenneth Liepert has played 85 games for the Abbey Canucks in two seasons now. He is in and out of the lineup a lot, which isn't easy.
6: It's a test for your, your mental strength and and what
4: kind of teammate you are. He's the model teammate. It's just as far as how he carries himself when he's out how he carries himself when he's in, Uh, and again, that goes a long way. I
1: take pride in that, and um, I think just the culture we're trying to build here this year was taking care of each other and sticking up for each other, so um, I know a lot of those guys in the room would do the exact same thing for me, so um, yeah, we just gotta take care of each other.
4: Kanek Leepert has scored just once in his AHL career as a forward getting a deflection in front of the net. But his value on this team is not the kind measured by points. He's hoping those intangibles will help land him a new contract this summer.
1: You can only control what, how you play and things like that. So if they have a spot for you and it works out, then great. But um, yeah, I mean, it, can, it can get a little bit overwhelming, but you just
4: got to somehow tune it out the best you can. All right, Billie Jean King Cup from the Pacific Coliseum last night. Canada and Belgium tied 2-2 after their four singles matches, set up a winner-take-all doubles. Canada with Gabby Dabrowski and Leila Fernandez dominated Belgium, won the opening set 6-1. More of the same in the second and on match point. Dabrowski serving and that's it. Canada going to the Billie Jean King Cup finals for a third straight year. They beat Belgium 3-2 at the Coliseum, a great night of tennis in Vancouver. Baseball today, the Jays looking to complete the sweep of the Rays, but ace Alec Manoa did not have it today. First inning base is loaded. Josh Lowe brings in a pair with a base hit. Tampa jumped out three nothing in this one and then in the fifth The Rays put this one away. Two on for Christian Bethancourt, and he will launch a three-run homer off of Manoa and the Rays win this one 8-1. They're now 14-2. Jays drop to 10-6. Toronto starts his series in Houston against the Astros tomorrow.
6: With the overlapping run. Cirelli deciding not to use it.
8: Grosso deflected and in to the back of the net.
4: BC's very own Julia Grosso scoring the winner today for Juventus women's side in their playoff match against Fiorentina. Juventus coming from 3-1 down to win. Grosso's winning boot coming in the 82nd minute and they will take on Roma in their next match in the playoffs. English Premiership. First place Arsenal at West Ham. Gunners off. To a rapid start and this one already up 1-0 Martin Odegaard slams home the volley from close range 2-0 Arsenal looked well on their way to another win but West Ham fought back got it to 2-1 and then in the 54th Arsenal kind of lost track At Jared Bowen ties it up 15th place uh, West Ham with a two-all draw with Arsenal Gunners lead Man City by four points now atop the EPL but they have played one more games things starting to tighten at the top Final round of the RBC Heritage from Hilton Head, South Carolina, defending champ Jordan Spieth in the hunt again. Here's Jordan's approach at the 13th and he likes this one right at the pin and lands just three and a half feet away would make that for birdie and he took the lead at 17 under. Englishman Matt Fitzpatrick, the 54 hole leader and the defending US Open champion, his approach at 16. This is perfect too. makes birdie and those two are going to go to a playoff. Speeth won this tournament in a playoff over Patrick Cantley last year. He just missed a couple of putts to win on his first two playoff holes and he paid for it because on the third playoff hole Fitzpatrick does this with his approach at the 18th. Look at that to within inches of the cup a stunning shot and Matt Fitzpatrick takes the RBC Heritage over Jordan Spieth. B.C. boys Adam Svensson and Nick Taylor. Both tied 41st and won 71,000 US dollars apiece. And we'll finish with the NBA playoffs. LeBron and the Lakers, the seventh seed, taking on the number two seed Memphis Grizzlies. The star this game, though, was not LeBron. It was Rui Hachimura, the former Gonzaga star. Hachimura with a huge dunk, had a game-high 29 points off the bench. LeBron did his part two, of course. Hit the three, he had 21 points, 11 rebounds. And the Lakers take game one on the road, 128, 112. Of course, the Raptors got eliminated in the play in last week so uh, no Canadian team in the bit
2: of an upset by the Lakers there but with LeBron you never know right Uh, that's a tough matchup yeah second seed. all right thanks so much Barry Mm -hmm. coming up we'll show you the sights and sounds of Red Robinson's celebration of life as hundreds turn up to pay tribute to the radio legend that's up next celebration of life was held today for Red Robinson at the Commodore Ballroom Here's a little bit of what his friends and family shared about the legendary broadcaster who passed away earlier this month at the age of 86. I want to welcome everyone to the legendary Commodore
1: to honor and pay tribute and salute and celebrate the life of Robert Red Robinson. So growing up listening to the radio, when you hear the voice of Red Robinson coming through your
4: speakers, it instantly hits you, you know, you feel like you know him.
9: Heard in Vancouver, the Beatles
4: were here and... In... The biggest just jockey, one of the top three Jist jockeys in North America, he stayed here and he just loved the city, loved the province, loved the country and loved people. If you grew up in Vancouver or you're a recent resident of Vancouver, how many memories? What's impressive uh, to me about Red was he knew so much. He knew these people, he knew the Everly Brothers, he knew Buddy Knox. Who was your or favorite something... actor on the screen, Elvis? Was... I have quite a few. After listening to Red talking about them, we thought we knew them intimately because of the way Red imparted his knowledge
0: of those uh, celebrities to us. He knew who he was musically. I wonder if Elvis knew who he was as a person after a while. They say you never
4: should meet your heroes because you'll always be disappointed, and Red never disappointed. He was always
1: the nicest man, would go out of his way to help anybody. Uh, in whatever pursuits
4: that uh, that they were doing. People should remember what a gentleman he was, What how he listened to them, he listened to what they had to say. As long as I knew him, Red Robinson did care. Red Robinson always had time for people and he was never too busy to help others around him. Thank you, Red Robinson, for enriching our lives so much. Peace be with you, my dear friend, and peace
8: be with us all.
2: Wow, it feels like anybody who's anybody around Vancouver Mm -hmm. had some relationship with Red there.
4: He knew everyone.
2: Yeah. And great job to our Cody Chaban for shooting and editing that. And, uh,. Look at the forecast.
8: A bit Come soggy on. out there. Uh, we could see some wet flurries. That's just for higher elevations tomorrow and then some breaks. So let's look ahead Wednesday, Thursday with some sunshine in the mix. All
2: right. Looking forward to Wednesday, Thursday, Yvonne. Thanks so much. You too. And uh, that's news hour for this Sunday. Thanks so much for watching. We'll be back at 11. Until then, hope you all have a wonderful
3: evening. Bye for now.